Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. So as we, as we have a look back, um, I realize as, um, as you look back and you look ahead, that basically uh, for us as believers, for those of us who believe in Jesus and who, who follow him, that we need to understand that trust must come first in our relationship. Trust comes first. And we're going to have a look at what that means a bit later on. But as I, as I was reflecting, um, I was in Swakop for the New Year's, and, and some of you might hear Swakop for the New Year's. No, I went to bed at 10.30, okay? I mean, really, <laughs> I'm too old for this. I'd rather wake up in the new year feeling refreshed. Everyone's like, oh, did you stay awake? I'm like, why? Okay, so, so you know, but part of that whole evening for me was, was looking back at, at where we've come from and, and praying about where we're heading. And I, I'm sure that many of you have done exactly the same thing, where you've looked back, and I think for me the overwhelming feeling is, oh my goodness, what a year it has been. Uh, I remember at the beginning of the year, you heard of this thing called COVID, and uh, as you know, I'm a teacher here, and my kids were asking, my students were asking me about it, I'm like, nah, it's fine, man, it's just like the flu, you'll be fine, it's only for older people, Um, and I remember that conversation, then I remember um, where the schools closed, and so I took my mom to to Itosha, and while in Itosha, I don't know if you recall, uh, that WhatsApp went out um, saying that they were going to, not officially, just a photo of a page, saying that they were going to lock down Namibia. And I remember sitting in, in Itosha going, yeah, right, we can't lock down Namibia. This is so funny. This is just a hoax. The next day hearing they're locking down. I'm like, okay, mom, we're heading home. Um, and then <laughs> uh, the next day, I remember we drove back, and then I had to... Uh, we arrived in Vintuk on the Wednesday, I think it was. On the Thursday, we drove down to Swakop. I moved my mom into her new flat, and Friday, I was back in Vintuk for the lockdown on Saturday, something like that, that order. And I just thought, this has never, ever happened. That I mean, I can't recall in my lifetime that you've locked down a whole country. And then, uh, remember when Ironga got locked down, and, and uh, all of us in Vintuk were going, <laughs> and then we got locked down, remember that? And, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody's going, okay, so how far can we go? And you heard of some people taking adventurous routes to try and get out of Vintuk, okay? And, and, and somewhere between there and the end of the year, everything just started blurring together. It just, it all, you know, people go, remember the thing? Oh, somewhere, because there were no markers in the year for me. And, and so everything was just a blur. And, and like Rico was saying, the words new normal, became normal. I, I cannot handle that saying, okay? The word unprecedented, you know? M- my favorite thing that I always, always enjoy is, is when our president said we must hold hands. I'm going, mm-mm, mm-mm, no holding hands, no holding hands. Remember that? But we would, we would listen and the whole country would come to a standstill when we had these announcements. And then somewhere along the line, it just became a never-ending cycle of, of bad news. Just, uh, you just heard COVID everywhere you went. There were more cases. And then you heard about a vaccine, and you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. But then we heard about a new strain, and, and somewhere along the line, I got tired. I got very tired. Part of a, a job as a teacher, um, for those of you who are in education, you know it's not just teaching. Uh, it's, it's far more than that. It's, um, for, for some students, you're kind of the only constant that there is. And, and I would have students asking me, you know, okay, what about this, what about this? And in the beginning, I was full of answers. But somewhere down the line, they're like, okay, ma'am, are we going to do this? I go... How about this? Because every day 
you were making decisions, and every day things would change. And there was so much uncertainty. Have you ever done, you know, the exercise, the plank? You know the plank? I would ask some of you to do it right now, but I'm not that evil. Please note, I'm not volunteering either. Um, but you know that feeling when your core starts shaking? That's what it felt like in my spirit for the rest of the year. You know, just where everything is like on edge. And that's what it felt like for me. That, that everything was just, just, I was tired. And you look around and, and, I mean, I look at this church, we're still able to continue functioning. We're able to continue our ministries. Uh, we still get paid, all of that. And you realize and you look around, as, as Rico was saying, that people, there's a lot of suffering happening right now. And so if you look around, uh, you saw businesses closing nearly daily during the Irongo shutdown. So many businesses closed. And you heard of, of family members getting sick. You heard of, of people dying. And, and I think the, and, and I'm not trying to be callous, I know that one day we all need to die. But I think the saddest thing for me was that people were dying alone that they weren't able to be with their family. For me, that was one of the hardest things uh, as I look around, and it's still happening with COVID. Um, for those of you who know Ronnie Higgins, he was here a long time ago, he also had to go to hospital for COVID, and, and, and his family weren't allowed to go there. And that, for me, I think is one of the hardest things about this. Uh, holiday plans change? Who of you had holidays plan? Holiday plans changing on you throughout the year? You know, yeah, yeah, people were excited, and then, and then the plans change, and then every time the, the president spoke, whether it was South Africa or Namibia, uh, I remember after a while, everybody's going, Uncle Cyril and Uncle Hage are going to be speaking, and then you remember in South Africa where they closed the, the beaches, did you see that video of where everybody went to the rivers? <laughs> I love, I love where we live, okay, so in Africa, in South Africa, they, they closed all the, the beaches, so everybody just went to the river because everybody was tired, okay? And the rivers started looking like the beaches. It was awesome, okay? But people had their plans changed, like I'm sure so many of you had. And, and you got tired of making decisions, so tired of, of making this decision, making that decision. There's something called empathy burnout or compassion fatigue, um, basically where, where you are, you, you've gone beyond what you're able to give. Do you remember right in the beginning, <clears throat> We had a lot of people handing out food, okay? And then remember in the top right, I think it was in Italy, they were singing and singing across balconies. Remember that? And I think in the UK at a certain, <clears throat> excuse me, at, at a certain time, everybody would come out and clap for the health workers. Do you remember that? For some reason, I'm not seeing that happening anymore. And why is that? Because everybody is tired. I think we all kind of saw the end in sight and we were, honestly, who of you subconsciously, somewhere in your mind, thought, if I get through 2020, everything will be over? Just, you know, you know, just need to get through this year. I saw this, and, and I think this is so appropriate. Nobody claim 2021 is your year. We're all going to walk in real slow. Be good. Be quiet. Don't touch anything. Okay? I think that's how people are, are walking into this new year. I saw this picture, which I thought was also excellent. You know, it's like, we're not so sure what's coming. <laughs> we're all hiding behind. <laughs> for, for some of us, we might not be as physically tired as we were, but I think for many of us, we are still emotionally and mentally tired. 
there's been so much, and I think there's still going to be so much going forward. We are tired and weary. I think that word weary uh, is, is a wonderful way of explaining how we feel. And so there's a verse in, in, in um, I think it's in Proverbs, that says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. I don't know if you, if you know that verse. I think of Brian and Dana, who wanted to be back in April. Then everything changed, and they wanted to be back in October. Then they wanted to be back in November. And they wanted to be back in December. We're hoping they come back this month. As of now, they are coming back. We just don't know what's happening with flights. They already had their one flight canceled. And so... We are going into a new year without any guarantees. More than ever before, we have no guarantees of what's coming. It's like the thing, nobody claimed this as your year, okay? We're just going to silently sneak through, and we're going to get to the other side. And so, what do you see when you look ahead? When you look ahead at this year, what do you see for yourself? Are you hopeful? Are you perhaps apprehensive? I think a, a natural reaction, so my mom's a little bit on the older side, and, and so I'm, um, I'm, I'm very, I have to be very cautious for her, and so that's where my worry comes from. It's not so much for me, uh, that verse where, Jesus, uh, where Paul says, to live, is, uh, <laughs> to live is Christ, to die is gain. I know where I'm going to, but... Um, I worry about those who don't necessarily know Jesus. And so there's a lot of worry and there's a lot of anxiety. And there are some days where the worry and the anxiety just feels too much. Can you relate with that? Where there's just too much. I know of many family members right now. Um, Susan, uh, for those of you who don't know, Susan is in Ad um, Aberdeen. No, Aberdeen? She's in Scotland, okay, uh, with her, her mom that passed away. And she had to try and get there. And so I know of, of, of that. I know of another family that has also got a mom uh, with cancer. And so there are, there are many families right now that are facing a lot of worry and a lot of anxiety. And so what do we do when those days feel like just too much? The good news amongst all of that is that we aren't the first to go through this, as Atusha said so beautifully. You see in Scripture that we're not the first to go through worries and to go through anxieties. Actually, you see that in, in Scripture there, that there have been plagues, 10 of them. We're facing one. Okay, we can do one. Okay, but in Scripture, there have been plagues, there have been pandemics, there have been wars, and we know that God has gotten those people through it. And so I always go, has Jesus spoken about what we're facing right now? And if you look in the book of Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament, written by Matthew, the tax collector. I was trying to equate this to what it would be like nowadays, but a tax collector in, in the Jewish um, tradition was kind of the worst of the worst. And I can't, I, I, I don't, because I might offend people, okay? But I, I, <laughs> I can't think of any, but the Jewish people did not look kindly about, upon the tax collectors because they were collecting money for the Romans, Okay, from the Jewish people, and, and very often the tax collectors would take more uh, than they were supposed to, and, and the Romans were fine with that, and they would take more and they'd keep it. Okay, so this is the Matthew that's writing this book. And Matthew became a disciple, he followed Jesus, and then he writes this. And we read it, uh, this is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, chapter 5, chapter 6, and it's very practical teachings 
That's the thing that I love about Jesus. If you ever look at his teachings, they are simple, but so deep, but so practical. And so this is what Jesus is speaking about on the Sermon on the Mount. And if you have a look in the NIV, this is the NLT version. If you have a look on the NIV, this, this part is called, do not worry. Okay? I don't know about you, but when people say, what's that thing? Um, never tell woman, what? To calm down. That's never gotten you anywhere. When somebody tells me, don't worry, I just kind of look at them. But let's have a look at what the passage says. <clears throat> this is what Jesus says. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. And yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and tomorrow are thrown into the fire, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. <laughs> Sorry, I, I quoted this verse at, at somebody in our church family this morning. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And that's the end. No, just kidding. Okay, so what are we going to do with all of that? First of all, <clears throat> have any of you ever seen birds die of starvation? Have you ever seen a dead bird somewhere? Okay, so we know that birds die, die of starvation, right? True? Okay, but this verse just told us that, that no bird that God feeds everybody, right? Isn't that what that verse just said? You with me? So I always, uh, when, when students ask me this and they, they ask me about like God's creation, how he created, um, I always say the Bible isn't a science textbook, okay? So um, how many young children do we have? Okay, so you know Song of Songs, Song of Solomon? <laughs> Guess who's about to get married here, people? <laughs> Song of Songs is all about, is all about love. And, and people that are in love and everything else. And it's, and it's written, uh, written as a poetic uh, passage, right? And in Song of Songs, chapter 4, Solomon is describing his beloved. And this is what he says about her. Your eyes are like doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats. Okay? Your teeth are like a flock of ewes. Your, leap, your lips are like a scarlet thread. Your temples are a slice of pomegranate. And your neck is like the Tower of David. <laughs> yes, I did block out a little part that came after that. This is church after all. Um, so doesn't she look so beautiful? <laughs> and so if we were to read that passage as, you know, as literal, this is what Abishag would look like. I mean, look at her dove eyes and her flock of goat teeth. Very scary, exactly. Thank you, okay? And so when we read the Bible, we need to understand in which context it is written. If you remember when, when Paul Gunning was here, he spoke about Revelation, 
And it's the same thing. There are, there are different rules to when we read the Bible. And so when you have a look at this passage, we need to understand that um, when Jesus is speaking about the birds and the flowers, the focus isn't there. The aim of that passage is to let you know that God sees everything. He sees every plant, he sees every bird, but that you are far more important than that. And so when, when we read that passage, it's not to kind of study, okay, so what does Jesus say about, you know, the source of eagle? No, no, it's about the fact that God sees us and that he cares for us, okay? And so when we're looking at this passage about worry, this isn't the kind of worry that we're talking about where you need to have a, a medical intervention, for example, nor the kind of worry that drives us into action. There's nothing like seeing a due date to get us moving, true? When you see that exam coming closer, okay? So I'm not talking about that kind of worry. I'm not talking about where there is a medical issue. That's not what I'm talking about. The, the worry that I'm talking about here and the worry that I think that, that Jesus is talking about is the worry that cripples us, the worry that makes us wake up in the middle of the night, uh, that doesn't allow us to fall back asleep, the worry that, that impacts your family, impacts your marriage. That's the kind of worry. It's the worry that leads to stomach ulcers. Okay. So let's have a look. What does Jesus say about worry? Firstly, in verse 27, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I love the NIV. It says, in the NIV, it says, uh, it, can all your worries add a single cubit to your height? Okay. So basically, can your worry make you taller? Okay. I know some young kids that are like, I want to be taller. But this is where Jesus is saying, can any of your worries add a single moment of your life? They say, whoever they are, that 90% of the things you worry about don't happen, and 10% you, and the rest of it you don't have no control over. Okay? And, and you know one of those things where people say, what's the worst that can happen? And it's supposed to be a method to help you not worry. Please, people, I'm an expert at that, okay? And every now and then I'm right, which just reinforces my worry, okay? So, so this, is, this is what I've had to, had to look. So you know I like Corrie Ten Boom, and she says this so beautifully. As she says, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. And just what an incredible uh, understanding. The worry... Doesn't, doesn't add a single hour. It takes away. And it takes away our strength. It's kind of like um, somebody I know has a little saying, it's like a rocking chair. You keep moving, but you're not going anywhere. And that's what worry is. And so Jesus first tells us, he says, does, does worrying, just where you sit and you worry, does that change anything? Can it add to your life? Not at all. Then in verse 30, he says this, why do you have so little faith? And so what, what you find interesting, what I find interesting is in this passage, Jesus is comparing worrying and faith, okay? So if you're worrying, you have little faith. So what is faith? When we say faith, what, what is that? To me, when I look at faith, uh, it means trusting. Trusting God to be who he says he is and trusting Jesus to be who he says he is, okay? So my faith is in God. I need to trust that Jesus is who he says he is, and that he's going to do what he says he will. Now, if you read scripture in its proper context, if you read the Bible, nowhere does life promise us health and wealth. 
It would be awesome if it did, but it doesn't, okay? And we actually promised the opposite. If we have a look in verse 34, remember it says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And so we aren't promised health and wealth, not at all. But we are promised, like Rico was sharing in Psalm 23, that he will walk, walk with us through it. So um, one of the things that I have to do as a teacher is I go on outings with kids. And, and the older I get, the harder it gets, okay? Uh, I just did the Orange River with a group of grade 11s. And for the record, uh, it was myself and another teacher in the boat, we still rode faster than all the kids because slow and steady wins the race, okay? So just so that you know. But uh, we were camping at, at Fogel Federback. I don't know if you know where Fogel Federback is. It's outside Walfers Bay. The kids had done a cycle tour. They had cycled from, from Vintuk all the way through to, to Walfers Bay through the desert. And we were camping there that night. And uh, if you know what Fogelfederberg looks like, it's just a, a little, like a little rocky outcrop, little hill thing. And then um, the kids were camping up against the mountains. And, and we teachers, as, as good teachers do, we took the horrible camping spots, you know, because that what, that's what good teachers are supposed to do, you know, sacrifice for the children. And so they were all up against the mountain, nicely protected, while another teacher and myself, we had to pitch our tents um, sorry, if you've ever seen that, that meme, you have to say that very carefully. You've never seen it? I'm not going to show you. Okay, but we had to put our tents kind of away, uh, basically in the plains. And you know those winds that come through like they can only do in the desert? Where the, I saw this whole tent doing this, and I thought, ooh, it's a good thing I'm in the tent, otherwise the tent would fly away. And it was, <laughs> it was so, so windy. But the moment I crawled into my tent and I zipped it shut, it was, it was peaceful. The wind was howling, and the tent was moving, but inside my tent, it was a beautiful night. And so when I look at, at my life, and I look at who Jesus says he's going to be to us, that in the storms of whatever is going to come in 2021, that he will be our shelter. That like the storm may rage around us, but that he will be our source of shelter and our source of comfort. Beautiful verse in, in Romans chapter 8, written again by Paul, and just incredible passage where he writes about, um, about him and his relationship. And he says here, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so as there are things that might be worrying you and giving you uh, a bit of anxiety as we look ahead, know that nothing that happens will ever separate you. No worry, no fear, nothing will ever separate you from the love of Christ. So that's a, that's a great comfort for me. And so when people say, don't worry, be happy, I go, mm-hmm. But I want to know practically, what does that mean? Do I have to sit in a little circle and sing Kumbaya? Or what does it mean for me not to worry? Okay. So this is what I, what I get out of all these passages. First of all, worrying can't get us anywhere. True? Okay. Not, it can't add a single hour to your life. 
we will face trouble, so worrying is not going to take that out the way. We will face trouble, whether it's from our own stupid decisions, which we make, or other people's stupid decisions, or the fact that we live in a world that isn't as God had intended. You will face trouble, okay? We need to know that, we need to know and we need to believe and trust that God is who he says he is. We need to take him by his word, but before we do that, we actually need to know his word, you know that passage where it says that uh, cleanliness is next to godliness? You know that passage? Because it's not in the Bible, okay? It was used by many parents to get their children to go bath, okay? But that passage is not in the Bible, okay? And then you know where they say uh, the root of all evil is money? You know that passage? What does the Bible actually say? The root of all evil is the love of money. So we need to know what this Bible says if we want to live according to it. Okay, and so we need to know the, the word of, of God, which he gave to us in the form of a Bible, so that we can trust him for who he is. And then our response seems to be that we need to take everything to him. This is the verse that starts featuring greatly in my life round about September every year. And this is where Jesus says, then Jesus said, come to me, all you are who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will take, give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This is an invitation to give him all your heavy burdens. Um, do you note that he says he'll give you rest for your souls, not necessarily for your bodies? Okay, so we're going to be tired but I'd far, have, far rather have a rested soul than anything else. And so this is the invitation that Jesus gives to each one of us to come to him and give him our heavy burdens. Uh, a few years ago, I was with my sister in Norway. I got to have the privilege of being there over December. And um, my little niece loves dolls. And so we, no, my sister, bought this huge doll house that we had to build. I mean, it was big. Um, and now what you need to know about Norwegians is they are very opposite to what we are, very reserved, okay? You know how if you're in camping and somebody drives past you, wave, you might have a conversation and, you know, you might make a connection? In Norway, if you go walking uh, on the beach in the middle of a storm and somebody walks past you, you don't make eye contact, okay? You just walk, no eye contact. You don't acknowledge. The worst thing you can do in Norwegian culture is if you're on a bus and you go, and there are open spaces and you go sit next to somebody. Okay, that's like the worst offense. If you read anything about Norway, they'll speak about that exact example. So very reserved, wonderful people, but very reserved people. Okay, so that's the background. My sister buys this huge dollhouse, and in Norway you do everything yourself. So now we are in the middle of this mall, but now we need to get the dollhouse to the car. There are no such things as trolleys, okay? So I have to carry it, because I'm the older sister. So I'm carrying this thing, and it's not easy to carry. And I'm sweating, and I'm huffing and puffing, and my sister thinks this is hilarious. And she's going, oh, shame, is it heavy? The whole time, oh, shame. Eventually, I just put it down, I go, now you carry it. And she starts carrying it, and guess what I was doing? Oh, shame, is it heavy? And we, I mean, we were just laughing, and you could see all of these Norwegians kind of going, what, who are these people? 
But that feeling of putting down that heavy thing, and then of course laughing at my sister, that was also good, but the feeling of putting down this heavy burden, this silly dollhouse that my niece loved, that, that's the best feeling. Have you ever done it where you've carried something really heavy and then you put it down and then your, your arms actually feel lighter? Have you ever done that? And so when I read this, this passage, that's what I looked, look at, is that this is an invitation directly from Jesus to take all of our burdens and give it to him. So how do we do that? In Philippians, it says, don't worry about anything, and this is the action part. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Uh, during this year, I moved my mom to come live with me, and there were a bunch of things that kind of went wrong uh, before she came to, to live with me. I had to uh, go down and I had to fetch her and, and there, we had some vehicle problems and she, um, something happened with her car and the airbags went off and then the car had to be a write-off. And then there were all of these things that happened. And when you look at it from the outside, it was very easy to feel despondent. But then I'm, God tells us to, to thank him for everything that he has done. And so once, you, once my mom and I actually had a look at it and said, how amazing that, first of all, I have space for you to come and live with me. How amazing that you weren't hurt when, when you were in the car and the airbags went off. How amazing that I was able to take leave from school to come and fetch you. And that I had a friend that had an awesome car that I could use that even though it had problems, was easy to fix. And once you take everything that's, that's been stressing you, and you change it. Nothing, nothing has changed with a circumstance. You have to change your perspective. And once you do that, that's where you start seeing God's hand. In this very thing that where he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And so if we want to know how we don't have to worry, this is it. So here's my challenge <clears throat> to us as New Song Family Church. For the next week, okay, all of you have a phone, right? Okay, all of your phones, if you don't have, come to me and I'll figure it out for you. I think all phones have some note app. Okay, either it's Google Keep or some notes. Samsung has something as well. There'll be something, okay. For the next week, anytime you worry about something, go to your phone, and the reason why I say your phone is because our phones are always with us, okay. Even say it to the bathroom. Anyway, okay, our phones are always with us. Put that worry that you have down as a prayer onto your phone. Write it as a prayer onto your phone. And anytime that you are tempted to start worrying about that same thing again, go back, open that phone, open that prayer, pray that to God, and ask God to show you uh, how you can actually give thanks. Can you imagine? what we would look like as New Song Family Church, what we would look like as Vintuk, as Namibia. If, even though we had worries, and we, guys, we know they are legitimate. Okay, please, I'm not saying that our worries aren't legitimate. That's the beautiful thing about me, is I can ask God if my dog is missing, he hears me with the same amount of love and, and, and favor if I'm asking about where my dog has gone missing as I am praying about somebody that's lost. That's the beautiful thing about God, is he hears everything and he cares about us. So I'm not trying to minimize the worries that we are going through. 
but that if we write that worry down as a prayer and we ask God, what can we be thankful about in this area? For me, when, when things get, because I work for the church and I work for the school and, and sometimes things get hectic and I can, be, I can very easily switch over to, oh, my life is so stressful. Or I can have a look at, I have a job. I actually have two jobs and I'm able to provide for my mom and for myself. What a blessing that is. And you say, you take the same circumstances where there are worries and you, and you take it to God because Jesus says, come to me. When the creator of the universe says, come to me, you don't say no, okay? And he says, give me your heavy burdens. My sister didn't ask for me to give her the doll box. She was, very, she was having a lot of fun laughing at me. But when I gave it to her, boy, oh boy, did I start laughing, okay? But Jesus says, give me your heavy burdens and walk with me. What a beautiful invitation that is. And so that is my challenge. And I'm going to come back. And I'm going to ask each one of us how it went. Okay. Can we do that, church family? So if you don't like your cell phone, so the only reason why I said cell phones is because we all have one. Some of you might have a notebook. Write down your prayers there, just for a week. And I want to hear what God has shown you in that week. Because I think our lives would change. I know mine would. My worries will pale in comparison to the beauty of who God is and his promises. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for this church family, and I thank you that, um, that even though we face a very uncertain 2021, that we enter it knowing that you go ahead of us, uh, beside us, behind us, and that we just need to follow your prompting. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that you are so practical, and that you tell us how we can deal with the worries and, and the and the anxieties that we have in life. Lord, I pray for for all those that aren't here this morning. Lord, I I ask that you will keep them safe. Uh, May they know that they are loved and missed. And and as we head into this this new year as a church family, Lord, that we will not be in the same place uh, spiritually at the end of this year that we are right now. That you will move us as a a church body to become more like you, to become mature believers that, that know who you are and who you promise to be in our darkest days. Lord, I thank you that you give us the strength to face whatever comes our way and that we are never alone. Lord, I, I pray for those that don't know you yet. Lord, I pray that, um, that they will be more aware of who you are. Jesus, that you will show us, those that do know you, how to, how to love people um, and, and give us the courage to, to speak when you want us to speak. Give us the, the courage to, to act when you want us to act. Lord, we know that your word says, your, your Bible says that you do not want one person to perish without knowing you. And how exciting it is that, that we are called to that journey of, of working alongside you, uh, calling your children to you. So Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for this year. I thank you for this beautiful rain. And even though the, everything is as uncertain as it was last year, that you are certain in every single moment of our day. So Lord, I, I thank you for who you are. And I commit this church to you. Ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.